It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So last week, I got a letter of appreciation oh, at work. I know. awesome. I was very excited. Congratulations. Thank you. I was most excited with how it all transpired. As we've had, last week, we talked about the Black Mambas, the anti-poaching yeah. unit. And my takeaway with that was just the power of teamwork with those ladies working together to fight poachers. And right. it's been very successful. And then the power of one with... Sergeant Stubby, the, the little dog in World so War II that yeah. saved so many people and sniffed out mustard gas. But with my little Costco caper, there had been a gentleman that was stealing from several of the Costco's in the area. And we ha- I hadn't seen pictures or anything, but this gentleman tried to get into the store and and gave me all sorts of stories and whatnot. And something did not feel right. Spidey so, senses. yeah, my... my my spidey senses definitely were on fire. Called in a supervisor, and long story short, they got in touch with the loss prevention. You know, all these people working together, teamwork. From you know me being the person at the door to the manager that came to kind of watch him in the store yeah. to make sure that he couldn't steal anything. To also, I was reminding the manager that he was trying to get in on the other side because he knew that I was not going to let him in. And since he wasn't able to successfully steal anything that night, he headed to his next store. Oh. And because with our teamwork at our spot, we were able to let them know what was probably coming. And the police were waiting and arrested him. That's so awesome. I know. It's a super exciting just because, once again, yeah. all of those units had to work on their own, but then together. And then we ended up taking in taking in a bad guy, even though that's absolutely yeah. not my job at all. But I'm super excited that he didn't get a steal yeah, for sure. because we worked together. My feel-good story is about Kim uh, Ng. I don't know if you've read about her. I have not. Okay, well, last November, she made history becoming the first female and first Asian general manager for Major Baseball League Miami Marlins. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. She, you know, she's kind of got a lot of firsts because she's no. the oldest in her family <laughs> of five. <laughs> She attended the University of Chicago where she played softball and got a degree in public policy. Okay. And then she started as an assistant director of baseball operations for the White Sox. So she was, again, the first, the youngest uh-huh. and first woman to present a salary arbitration case. And she was representing Alex Fernandez and won. Okay. So she, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, very and then she was an assistant to general manager for New York Yankees. And then... Ooh, that's a big one. I know. One. And then she was at the L.A. Dodgers. As so a, she went from one close to the... Okay. Yeah. Uh, they say as a vice president and assistant to the manager. But then over the years, she really wanted to be general manager. And she kept interviewing, mm-hmm. like, for the Seattle Mariners, San Diego Padres, Anaheim Angels, San Francisco Giants, mm-hmm. and, you know, Turned down, rejected. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But then finally, this last November, she was hired as the GM. And it's so cool. Her persistence paid off. And 
one fun fact for us Oregonians, uh, <laughs> she's married to Tony Mockward, the co-owner of Silas Lines. So oh, very kind of cool. See, that's going to have to be on our list to yeah. like go, go check wine taste. Yeah, exactly. Go do some wine tasting with the men. Did you play basketball growing up? No, I'm not, I'm not so sporty. I'm kind of got the claw Well, and we're, we're both on the, the petite side. We're not super tall. So for the month of March, we're still covering ladies for National Women's Month. Yeah. So, And this, mine is going to be just a, a ton of information with a lot of super amazing women. They're all related to basketball. Okay, fine. And uh, besides PE class and playing rounds of horse, have you done that with your kids? I have not. My kids aren't basketball <laughs> oh. players either, and so it's hard because we usually do a hoopathon at the school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And my kids it's don't like, want to don't yeah, want just because they can't get intimidated. Any so I do a flat. Yeah. I do a flat. <laughs> that works. Take the pressure. Still off. win. But besides playing horse with the kids, I barely handled the basketball. I am though super excited to talk about the ladies of basketball and touch on the stuff that really impresses me that they've done, and that's. Things off the court. Oh, cool. As part of the NBA Cares, which was started in 2005 and pledges to contribute $100 million for charities, donate more than a million hours of hands-on volunteer service worldwide. Oh. Super cool. Very cool. And, which is, I know, my favorite word. And build more than 100 places for kids to learn and play. So examples are their Be Smart, Be Fit, Be Yourself they get a fitness journal and a team spokesperson comes at uh, local events to promote the importance of physical fitness, overall health, and confidence. They have a Read to Achieve campaign, which includes reading corners throughout the world and thousands of reading timeouts, and as well as book donations. That's awesome. Breast health awareness. For nine years, they have worked to create awareness and educate women about breast cancer, and they've raised $2 million in the aid to fight breast cancer. They've partnered with so many worthwhile organizations that I think we need to look into some of these at some point. But yeah. Girls Inc., Girl Scouts of America, Susan G. Komen, Verb, Centers for Disease Control, Reading is Fundamental Inc., Scholastic, Disney Hand. What? I wonder what that is. I know. I want to <laughs> check it out. Fun. ESPN, Play Your Way, American Heart Association, oh. March of Dimes. Boys and Girls Clubs of America, YMCA, American Red Cross, Feed the Children, Kaboom, and Habitat for Humanity, which of course I love. That's the a list. Part. Yeah, That's I know. One former WNBA player, Tamika Johnson, who was only she's only five foot three. She's our kind of gal. <laughs> I know. I'm like that. I made excuses all my life that I didn't play basketball because I'm short. But she started a foundation called Hope. Was an, an acronym for Heaven Opens People's Eyes. Tamika had an impressive high school basketball record, 111 to 20. Then she played at Louisiana State before she moved on to the WNBA. Tamika was Rookie of the Year in 2005, broke the career assist record, and earned the Nancy Lieberman Point Guard of the Year Award. I could go on and on about her stats during her 11 years playing for the WNBA, but I'm more excited with the foundation she started. She started a foundation in honor of her grandmother, the woman who raised her. Her mother had been very young when she got pregnant, and so her grandmother, Jewel, was in a better life position to raise Tamika. Her grandmother had raised seven of her own children by herself, no assistance. So impressive. And just off of a teacher's salary, she taught for 33 years. I know. That's really cool. I can't complain. No. So Tamika credits so much of who she is back to her grandmother, 
who made sure the house was clean. They had home-cooked meals, and everyone left the house looking presentable. She talked about her grandma making them wear, like, white press shirts. They couldn't be dirty, and they had to be ironed. And she also spoke of her grandma showing them love with cooking. And when she would ask, you know, well, what was her best thing, her favorite thing to cook, it just depended on who was coming. So when Tamika came home, it was baby back ribs, macaroni, and corn. When her uncle came to visit, they knew it would be spaghetti and meatballs. And she just showed her love with cooking. It's fitting that her grandmother was the inspiration for her foundation. The scholarship fund is for underprivileged kids to give them an opportunity to further their education. Getting the foundation off the ground, another WNBA star helped out because of the kindness Tamika's grandmother had shown her when the young women played together at Louisiana State. Sylvia Fowles, that's kind of a funny last name for... Yeah, I just did that. I just realized that. Was awarded the WNBA CARES Community Action Assist Award, and she was given a $5,000 check. She wanted to honor Tamika's grandmother and knew the foundation would do good things in her name, so she signed over the entire check. Oh, man. How cool is that? I know. Tamika also has some books for young readers, mostly life lessons, many related to working hard, making good choices, and, of course, basketball. Yeah. All of the proceeds go back to Hope. Uh, one of the books, it's currently out of stock on Amazon, but it is on our website. With She wrote it with Quincy Phillips. I think he did the um, illustrations in okay. t- 2010. Decisions, Decisions, Decisions. 2012, she wrote Tamika's Choice. 2013, Meek Follows the Rules. <laughs> so very cute. I love the objectives of Hope that she has on there. Education, huge, because it carries you a long way. Yeah. Family, the importance of making the best of it, whatever you're given. Life, surround yourself with positive people and never let anyone tell you what you can or can't do. Tamika and her foundation have adopted schools, helped in nursing homes, donated shoes and books, and I'm sure her grandmother's in heaven, proud as can be. Another former WNBA star spreading hope is Tina Charles. She's not on our petite list. She's oh. she's six four, um, and was the 2006 Player of the Year for Gatorade, McDonald's, WNBA, National, and USA oh. Today. I know she's got a long, like the too long a list, but she was the number one WNBA draft in 2010 and was selected by the Connecticut Suns. She was the 2010 Rookie of the Year, and she's a seven time. WNBA All Star, four time rebounding champion, and four time scoring champion. So this Whoa. lady, She's impressive. Yeah, She received the 2010 John Wooden Award. And like I said, she has too many awards and stats to list, but my favorite that I read she's earned was the 2018 Manny Jackson's Basketball Human Spirits Award. This one was established in 2007. The award is basketball for basketball's human spirit honors individuals who found the game of basketball to be a contributing aspect of their personal growth and accomplishment, a place to develop an understanding of others, and an avenue that has helped shape his or her growth in a recognized visionary leader. Winners must reflect the values of Manny Jackson's lifelong mission to overcome obstacles and challenge the status quo while taking responsibility for his or her actions and seeking the highest standard of excellence. Tina Charles is working to distribute AEDs around the world. So an AED stands for Automated External Defibrillator. It's a portable electronic device to automatically diagnose cardiac arrhythmias of ventricular fibrillation. 
It, it actually treats it with defibrillation, causing an electricity which stops the arrhythmia, allowing the heart to reestablish an effective rhythm. The portable version was invented by a man in Northern Ireland in the mid-60s. I guess his name was Frank Pantridge. Oh. And her foundation, Hopi's Heart Foundation, was created as a memorial for her late aunt, Maureen Hopi Vaz, who died of multiple organ failure in 2013. Her aunt was known for her kind and giving heart, and it was a tragic loss when her heart failed. Charles donated $14,775 to the New York Department of Education and West Leonard Heart Team to provide 10 AEDs. West Leonard played basketball at Fenville High School and died of sudden cardiac arrest after a game in 2011. Mm-hmm. His life most likely could have been saved if an AED had been on site. Hopi's Heart Foundation formed in 2013 and offers quarterly grants to eligible schools and recreation centers. That's awesome. So far, I know. I love it. So far, they've provided 429 AEDs worldwide and helped save one man's life that they know of so far. So the, the reason these are so important, according to the American Heart Association, is that nearly 383,000 out-of-hospital sudden cardiac arrests occur annually. Leading, it's the leading cause of death in the United States. I didn't know that. Sudden wow. cardiac arrest occurs when electrical impulses in the heart become rapid or chaotic, which causes the heart to suddenly stop beating. Many victims appear healthy with no known heart disease or other risk factors. It's indiscriminate towards race, age, and gender. The AEDs allow minimally ta- trained people to provide life-saving defibrillation, so that electric shock to the heart. Having an AED close by can mean the difference between life and death for a victim. With every minute that goes by, survival rate drops, so up to like 10% per minute. That's incredible. Yeah, so oh, that's wow. why they say that, that that young guy probably wouldn't have made it. But survival rates between 40 to 50% have been achieved where AED programs have been successfully implemented. So you see the importance of having them there. It's just they're expensive. But with Hopi's foundation, she's getting AEDs out there. So I want to back up a little bit. Keep in mind, all of these great causes and um, help with these causes are possible because these ladies can play the sport. But that hasn't always been the case. We know that Title IX paved the trail for girls to play sports. But just because they had the right didn't mean that was really happening. One story I came across was a perfect reminder. Judy Warren, she was Indiana's Miss Basketball in 1976. And Warren played for Warsaw High School. And in 1976, they participated in the Indiana High School Athletic Association basketball tournament for the first time. Wow. They just hadn't been invited before. So the girls worked hard, obviously, to get into the state tournament and required a lot more than just plays on the court. Because the girls didn't bring in the spectators, like the boys' team, they weren't taken seriously. They were given late practice time. Some of them didn't get home until 10 o'clock or later after practice, whereas the boys got to practice right after school. When they asked them for some more court time after school, they were denied, totally dismissed. And they, they told them that if you could bring in the spectators like the boys, they might consider it. And I'm sure it was a convenient way just to dismiss them. I don't think they were at all really thinking that they would bring in the spectators. But they had fundraisers. They had to borrow warm-ups from the boys' Um, track team because they didn't have warm-ups. And to top it off, the coach drove them to the tournament, not in a school bus, but in a camper. Oh, my goodness. I know. That they borrowed from an optometrist in town. The whole picture of this makes me laugh a little because it's just so incredibly pathetic 
But they were excited, just get the scraps from the boys and just thrilled to get have the opportunity to play. So fast forward to the game and Julie, the five foot one guard once again, she's our yeah. she's our kind of girl. Yeah. She's <laughs> petite had the game of her life. We weren't trying to prove anything, she stated. We were just grateful for the chance. We truly played for the love of the game. Warren scored 31 points, had 19 rebounds, and made five free throws in the last 64 seconds to win 57 to 52. I love this girl's attitude. It wasn't so much about the winning that she remembers, but the opportunity to play. Yeah. The girls got better court time after that. Two nights a week, they were allowed to practice directly after school. And the athletic director even apologized during a school assembly. I read a quote with Ike Tailman saying, quote, now I see you can build this gym. Wow. <laughs> so I love that he That's you know, huge. could admit his wrong. But Warren noted that if she had been born a year earlier, like some of her friends, she wouldn't have even had this opportunity. She went on to play in college, spent 20 years coaching. And was inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame in 2002. Opportunities happened in her life because she was given the chance to play basketball. Wait, hey, wait so, a minute. I just kind of mind. What about March Madness? For Is that the only? I'm not super familiar with March Madness at all. But I had some ladies address it in class today because oh. I can't remember what we were talking about. But they asked if I had seen the video of these professional athletes on both sides and they showed the men's gym that was fancy as can be and then they went to the ladies side and she said it you know had like a little v-rack of weights and some yoga it it just sounded very 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 sad so and then one of the ladies was noting that she remembers being at a gym where they had a women's only section and the women's only section was lightweights and and once again, pretty pathetic compared to the guys section wow. yeah. that had everything out there. Like, women can't do the same things as, I, I don't know. And, and with the March Madness, these are both professional athletes. They're both right. out there yeah. doing the same game. Exactly. You know, playing the same hmm. game. But, yeah, so I don't know. I just know that this is still happening. Right. And obviously, people are talking about it because I haven't looked it up. But they definitely were filling me in with the story. So backing up one more time to Miss Senda Berenson, and actually her name, she was born Senda Valrojensky. Okay. Valrojensky. So her dad moved over here, and he really wanted them to assimilate over here, so he changed their name, which um, Berenson is obviously way easier to pronounce. But she was born in 1868 in a small Jewish community in present-day Lithuania. Her father came to Boston in 1874 and peddled pots and pans to earn enough money to bring his family to America. Berenson was a frail girl, and this part reminds me a ton of Joseph Pilates, oh. which he also was really sickly, but developing Pilates, well, he called it controlology, but anyway, that will have to be another day. But she was a frail girl who wanted to be a piano teacher, but had to drop out of the Boston Conservatory of Music due to poor health at age 21. Berenson enrolled in the Boston Normal School of Gymnastics in 1890 to improve her strength and health in hopes of returning to music, because that was still her plan. But when she was there, it changed her. At 23, she began teaching gymnastics at Smith College in Massachusetts in 1892. It was at Smith College that she officiated the first female basketball game on March 22nd, 1893, with sophomores versus freshmen. No boys were allowed. Yeah. Obviously, this. Her views were still extremely conservative by today's standards and definitely had a heavy Victorian influence. 
like no roughhousing. They wore bloomers and their hair had to be pulled back in braids or ribbons. She expected ladylike behavior on the court and encouraged thinking on the court, as well as the use of team captains to help coach the players. But she didn't like keeping score. Oh, she just wanted to encourage instinct to play. It was just a game. She okay, didn't want yeah. the competition. So no one knew how this sport would take off. Before this time, group activities with ladies were unheard of. Women participated in activities like bicycling, horseback riding, fencing, archery, roller skating, swimming, sailing, and golf. With the inter- Kind of luxury kind of uh, sounding. Yeah. <laughs> I know? guess it probably was. Not for everybody. But more affluent. For sure. But with the introduction of basketball for women, it opened up the path for other team sports like field hockey, lacrosse, and volleyball. Berenson didn't see basketball as a competition. She saw it as a healthy game and a way to improve physical health, which meant a better overall lifestyle, as in having more stamina to earn a higher wage in the workforce. Oh, so it was all part of this interesting yeah, correlation. A, a lifestyle, not... In 1901, Berenson wrote the first official rule book for women titled Basketball for Women. She edited this Spalding's Athletic Library Women's Basketball Rule Book annually through 1917. She wrote articles about the sport and participated in speaking engagements. For 16 years, she remained a leader in the women's basketball world, paving a way for the game we have today. Is there any real differences, do you think, in the way they play the game, or is it the same rules? I do you know? That it's, I've read that it's the same rules. Okay. A male basketball, the official size is like an inch bigger okay. than females. I think something with the three-point shots is, is a little different. Men's games tend to have a few more, I think, average like five more points. Okay. Women's games. For the shot clock, I read that men get 35 seconds. Okay. And women get 30. Oh. Which I thought was weird, but I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I read that men usually score about five more points per game at the college level. They shoot a bit more, from the f- a little better from the field. But as far as the free throw shooting, they're about even. Because men tend to be taller, they can dunk more. And obviously, you know, our five foot three and our five right. foot one ladies are not going to be dunking. And definitely men's basketball is still more popular, but at least the ladies are, if we look like Judy Warren, they're getting the opportunity to play. So it's just going to keep improving, hopefully. And our improvements, they definitely didn't happen overnight. I've only touched on a few people, but it only takes a few people to make a difference. The ladies of the WNBA are influencing so many young people and helping numerous charities, making the world a better place. I feel like it's like a domino effect for a better world. So many people and pieces lining up, some contemporary and others historical, but all of them improving the quality of life for so many others. Talking about the WNBA and all the charities they help inspired my happy little find this week. First, I wanted to talk about the Girl Scout troop in New York, Um, well, the surrounding New York area that my son's girlfriend taught me about. And yes, she did it with ordering some cookies. Fun. Which, yeah. (laughs) But this Girl Scout troop serves girls in the New York City shelter system. Oh, So the New York City shelter system was created to provide temporary emergency housing for families. And the average stay in the city shelter is around 18 months, which I thought was a long time. That's a long time, it seems to me. Yeah, Yeah. too. Once families transition out of the shelter and move to a permanent housing, it still takes time for them to establish financial stability. 
So it's very important for these young girls to have a sense of normalcy and a chance to engage in healthy activities, which right, Girl Scouts. Scouts of America oh, yeah. is a great thing. They provide an opportunity to build confidence, courage, and character in young ladies, and they encourage them to make the world a better place with community projects and whatnot. Yeah, I was, I don't know if you know, I was a Girl Scout leader with my girls, yeah. so it's, I mean, it's really great. The different activities and those cookie sales go yeah. to, like, camp. You know, okay. a lot of times they'll so pay for their camp, them. or if they're going to do a big trip that year, it'll, you know, Go fund that. So, so a lot of the funding is from them. Exactly. Yeah. Good to know, because I, you know, with buying cookies, I there's a little bit of guilt, but at the <laughs> same time, I'm like, those go to a good cause. For the young ladies in Troop 6000, that's this troop, it offers more than that. It provides some consistency where the girls know that they're going to be able to learn and try new things in a fun and safe environment. It also means that they're part of a community because they're bringing together girls and the support of adults to help them. It's essential for the girls to stay connected to a community and opportunities in order to have a successful transition from shelter to permanent housing. So they created a transitional programming initiative as a permanent facet of the Troop 6000 to ensure the girls and their moms continue to have access to scouting and all it provides. According to their website, Girl Scout alumni have a stronger sense of self, achieve higher levels of education, and are more likely to reach a higher socioeconomic status. I think that from now on, we will be buying our cookies from New York. Well, all the little ba- the badges that the Girl Scouts earn, you know, mm-hmm. they get opportunity to probably have you know access to some things they might not normally, right. you know, some learning some new. They they, they range from like when I was a kid, it was more like crafts and, and so forth, but now it's like technology mm-hmm. and it's a wide range mm-hmm. of badges that girls can earn and get exposed mm-hmm. to. Um, so that's really with cool the, with the Girl Scout badges. Yeah, except the like vest. The, and they yeah, have or the sash. <laughs> oh, the, the sash. The sash. The sash. That's yeah. what it is. So it's interesting that you say about the badges and stuff and learning things because I was also super inspired by the first wave of young ladies to join the ranks of Eagle Scouts. Yeah, I saw that on the news. So close to a 1,000 young women across the country participated in this inaugural class, and I read that it was like around the 111th birthday of the Boy Scouts of America. Wow. Which I am conflicted with the Boy Scouts for different reasons, but still this... This is all super amazing. They joined the ranks in February, and it's not an easy. No, sca- I mean it's not easy to become an Eagle Scout. My, my, my oldest is a just got his Eagle Scout, and he finished it during COVID, which yeah. was kind of funny because he didn't have his signatures, and yeah. he had to go. You know, he had a well. Some of the scan and that email, yeah. that they did. I think. I think. Without COVID, they would have done some different projects. Sure. I mean, some were, you know, distributing masks and whatnot. So yeah. Some were really helping, but I think some were trying to be pretty creative considering right. the restrictions right now. But I read that only 6% of Boy Scouts become Eagle Scouts. It's true. Six. I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing that a lot of them just, they lose interest. And that was our big worry with our with my son is mm-hmm. that he'd lose interest. But we kind of left it up to him to finish, yeah. so... Which I think is smart, but... Uh, yeah, I can see, yeah. Six yeah. percent. Girls were first allowed to join the Boy Scouts of America in February of 2019, and there are currently, I read, 140,000 female participants. Yeah, his so, troop has some girls. I mean, he mm-hmm. doesn't, he's not participating right now, but mm-hmm. I, yeah. 
Pretty cool. Um, I saw that in order to get your Eagle Scout, you have to have 21 merit badges. Yeah. And I read that they range from, like, first aid to business stuff. Yeah. Which I kind of want to make a merit badge thing for adulthood. Right. There's some of those, like, a community one, like, mm-hmm. citizenship, or, like, he had to go to a couple um, hearings, like, like at the library, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, just, like, um, townhome hearings. Such a great learning experience. So some interesting pieces yeah. that all come together. Yeah. yeah. I read that they had to assume some leadership roles, and they had to execute a large community service project. The scouts require young people to gain new skills, learn to overcome obstacles, and demonstrate leadership among their peers and in their communities. They learn cooking skills, time management, and ways to improve communication skills, all stuff that carries over into adulthood and contributes to their success just in life. So the projects were pretty creative this past year, like I said, with COVID. But I'm so encouraged to see these young ladies demonstrate hard work. Yeah. Because that's, you know. For sure. Call it like it is. Hard work ethics to join the ranks of the Eagle Scouts. It's super exciting. Super cool. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Follow Transgential Inspiration on Facebook and Instagram.